Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Hello everyone, Mark here from the Build Up Podcast. We're looking forward to a massive weekend of sport across rugby, GEA, football and the NFL this week. But we're about to play our interview with Kevin Doyle for you right here. Uh, he was back chatting to us about the return of the Premier League this weekend and in particular Manchester United against Liverpool. But if you want to listen to the full show, search the Build Up on Balls.e podcast on all good podcast apps or indeed have a look through the Balls.e podcast feed. Kevin, before we get into the Premier League games this weekend, uh, a quick just chat on the Ireland uh, performances over the last seven days. Uh, last week we were full of hope chatting to you. We thought we might be qualified by the time we talked, but uh, do you see, You know, have we got a chance against Denmark or are you kind of um, a bit pessimistic about our chances of finally maybe getting um, over the line? Oh, we definitely have a chance of one-off game, cup final at home sort of thing. You can def- we can definitely raise it. We seem to find something. I know we didn't in the playoff, I suppose, last time at home against Denmark, but I, I would fancy it to be better, play better, raise our one game, one application type thing, and um, definitely perform better than we have in the last two games. I think the Georgia game, I knew that was going to be pretty crap, to be honest. <laughs> it's just the way we are when we're out there for some reason. Um, you know, we couldn't string a pass together. Uh, coaches by everyone all over the pitch was just pretty poor. Our back four was solid enough, I suppose. You could say we were. We never looked really like conceding, but um, as an attacking threat, we were pretty pretty hopeless all over the pitch apart from the last 10 minutes um, the Switzerland game again I think that went pretty much to pretty much to everyone's expectations I thought the pitch might might level it a bit more Might we might get a bit more uh, joy but um, Switzerland still looked, looked a step ahead of us for most of the game and you know deservedly I think it was two pretty fair results and, you know a week ago, as you said, we're sitting there thinking, Jesus, we have a great chance now, two games, we'll surely get one win out of two, but um, still still in our own hands, I suppose, so take a positive from that, that aspect. One aspect that I don't think has been discussed much, and I don't know if you noticed it, but is there a sort of, does it, does it seem to be a sign that the mood in the camp is not that great in terms of that there's an awful lot of lads giving out, waving arms, throwing arms in the air. Now, obviously, when people are giving balls away an awful lot, that's going to happen, yeah. but... Did you notice it a bit more than usual that the, yeah. the, the, the spirit just doesn't seem to be as, everyone's trying hard but there's a lot of uh, turning on each other nearly? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, there's a few of James McLean's a devil for it. I like James, but he'd happen to give the ball away a lot to keep side side for the game. It's just, um, you know, some lads do it. I never did it. So I didn't have the energy to throw my hands up in the air for 90 minutes. Waste of time. Like, who are you talking it's, it's It's for... As in, I mean, it's for the crowd. It's not for anyone who needs a crowd to see that. It's all on my fault. So it's it's strange to see so many lads back. But then it was sort of the game that it was. We never got, never put, especially George, never put a pass together. It's probably frustrating um, the players in the pitch, and that was how it was coming out when you were watching it. They all looked at the world, sort of like, why are we so bad today, or whatever. We've been saying reasonably well in the group in a great position, and we go to Georgia, who were meant to be miles better than, and didn't. You know, they looked, technically they looked way better than us. They played a lot better. If they had had a bit of creativity right up the pitch, they would have won the game. Um, so I suppose that just brings out the frustration. Why, how are we so so far behind them in the game? I know it was a draw, and Nick will say we got a point, he's right, it was a great point. You go there and we're happy with the point, but the whole how we performed, I mm. suppose, is like, we were frustrated watching and why players on the pitch are, they know themselves deep down. You saw Shane Duffy's interview afterwards. He was pretty, you know, as, as sort of, 
negative as he could be while while be positive with a, a draw. You know, usually you'll see a bit more yeah, great results, whatever. And he was he was stuck for words and he's interviewed straight after the game regarding how we played. So um, telling, I think. Yeah, there's a like some conversation today about Aaron Connolly. You know, when he you know getting his first start after you know playing well. <laughs> It, like you know, he didn't have much of a chance, and I think it's a fair. Like it, it's hard to judge him. It's hard to judge Collins up there as well. Yeah. Like you know, as a striker yourself, when you're watching the match, like myself and Mark were talking about this before. You know, like it seems like Ireland don't have an attacking game plan of any, Like everybody plays in their position. Oh, everybody, everybody yeah. give you know uh, is in a certain place, and you know they try and pass it to each other. But it's not like we seem to have any kind of moves. To try and no. get goals, we I don't. Suppose, you we know? don't do. We don't counter attack. We don't. You know, I don't know what. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think we're set up to be a really good high pressing team. And um, you know, closing them right up the pitch. Don't sit back. You know, we're we're always full of energy. We work hard. That's always what's said about. You know, usual story. Irish players work hard. Blah de, blah de, blah. But you know, we actually do. And we if we we close down higher up the pitch, we seem to sit off teams and let them pass it around instead of getting in their faces and closing them. And and that leads to. Like we don't have the most I suppose, creative players in the world, but if you win the ball back high up the pitch, you don't need creativity. Yeah. You have it up there. Um, I just think we never seem to play to that strength. It is a strength of ours, and we don't use it. And um, That leads to us sitting off, and we win the ball back down the pitch, and then we don't counter-attack quickly. When we win it back, we sort of go, all right, have a few passes. The other team presses us half-heartedly once, and we end up booting it away and starting all over again. So um, We concentrate so much, I think, on defending and being solid and being good at our set pieces without, you know, without, and thinking, right, the rest of it will look after itself instead of, instead of actually, you know, having a, putting a bit more time into, it's not that hard to close down to the front to take a bit of preparation. And, you know, we don't seem to concentrate on the other side of it. I think a lot more than we do. And that's not, getting on Nick McCarthy, that's all the managers have had to be honest with, yeah. with Ireland. Um, maybe if you think, you know what, we have them for a week, we don't have enough time to be doing both sides, but let's just get solid and, I love the way Liverpool play, and we don't have the players that Liverpool have, but a lot of their play is purely hard work to win the ball right up the pitch. Um, and we do have players who will be able to do that. So that's always how I felt with Ireland. I hate it back. I hate it. You know, we're always rare to score out. And then we'd go 1 0 down or 2 0 down or something, and we'd come back and everyone would go, How can you tell when you went behind? Because we should do that from the start. It's I, I'm so fascinated by your answer there about about the the managers now because something that and again like Mark would be sick of hearing me I've been going on about it all week since the Georgia game just a very very small thing that I keep noticing in Ireland and you saying that let the rest of it take care of itself is just such a great insight because what I've noticed in the last couple of games I've actually noticed it in over the last year or two is Ireland can't take a throw <laughs> we get the ball <laughs> we get a throw and everyone turns away walks very slowly with their back to the ball while on Saturday it was Doherty or Coleman will stand there with the hand over their head it'll take about a minute and we'll win about 20% and when we do win it it's sloppy possession there's no yeah. just shows for a quick ball whereas I watched in Switzerland last night they'd sprint after the ball turn around ball be back in play before we know it but that's, that's it's never there's ne- that, it, it goes back to us not having any kind it's of an idea like of what we do yeah. or what, what's the plan when we get the ball yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Simple thing. It's not rocket science. Um, uh, you know, another thing that used to frustrate me. Um, you know, you don't have to try that hard to get thrown right. And it's about someone just running the closest person runs the ball and taking it quickly before the other team is set up. And it's, we're so uh, dogmented in this, like, the fullback has to come up and take the, and everyone has to set up and be organised in the case we give the throw away and the break. And so, so 
by us trying to be organised gives the other team a, a chance to get back into position and make it more difficult for us to take the throw. Instead of the ball going out of play, throws the first one, sprints to the ball, takes the throw, and then everyone moves on quickly. We're we're the opposite with Ireland, and probably always have been is the case of no, everyone get organised, get the fullback, the fullback has to take the throw like it's some sort of rule. The fullback has to take it, and everyone is marked, and then no one really wants it because you're marked, and if we're not playing well, lads are lacking confidence, so they don't sort of really look for it. They don't make great movements for it. They end up just throwing it down the line, losing it, and starting again. So yeah, that was uh, I really that was always what I guess not just with Ireland but with every sort of you know fullbacks in general did <laughs> have a pet a pet peeve about it. They'd run off the pitch from twenty five yards away, so you couldn't take the throw. Or they wouldn't take it back off you quickly. Like you'd want to take the throw and give the fullback quickly yourself to do a close the ball, but the fullback would actually run off the pitch. No, I'm taking the throw in <laughs> and then run from like twenty five yards away up, so you couldn't give him the ball. And then uh, yeah, it just. It does seem to be the case. And again, I think it goes back to being organised. Everyone yeah. has to be in their position, and, and instead of just doing it off the cuff. And, well, at least, yeah, you know, it depends what way you look at the game, I suppose. And, and some people would, for organised, other people would like a little bit of their own imagination. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. Like, I, I have to say, I'm now happier with the result of why we do it, but it's the first time I've even had an explanation as to why it might be. So I'm delighted <laughs> yeah. with that now. I can get off. I can get off the high horse about yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> You'll yeah, be looking at it more closely now. Watch fullbacks and you'll see what I mean. When they're running off the pitch from about 25 yards away, so that someone can't take a quick throw and give it to them because they want to do it themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like having the ball in their hands. Or something. If we can anyway. start the throw in situation, we'll definitely beat Denmark. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking forward to this weekend's Premier League fixtures, uh, Kevin. Obviously, the big one is uh, Man United against Liverpool. Whatever we're talking about Ireland, I, I, I'm finding it difficult to uh, come up with a, a, any kind of reason behind Man United being able to score a goal these days. Like It seems to me once they stop getting penalties that their chances, the, the ability to create chances are just completely dried up. And it's actually kind of, uh, probably there are, there are actually probably similarities you could draw between them and Ireland in terms of that there just doesn't seem to be any sort of creative nous or attacking nous in there. Yeah, I know, yeah. And like, when you think of it, actually some of the players they do have, you'd be expecting Paul Pogba to be great and stuff. Um, you know, one that has not really been playing, but yeah, like I really like Martial, but he just never he doesn't even when he's fit, he stays out the wing or whatever. I'd like to see him play more through the centre. Um, but yeah, I just don't see them getting after this game. I don't think they had their inner frame of mind. They don't have the confidence to get something from it. I think they'll start quite well. You see, twenty minutes maybe of like we're playing Liverpool, we have to perform here. Everyone has to try and run around and be in the faces, and then Liverpool will slowly become stronger as the game goes on and end up winning probably 2 or 3 nil. that would be my take on how it would play out but you never know maybe it'll surprise us Liverpool in terms of like it's something that because the monkeys on their back probably have not haven't won a Premier League is there a thing that maybe we're actually underrating this team slightly and that like their record so far this season has been incredible obviously the run in from last season if you couple the two together but we're all kind of, I don't know, maybe I am anyway, kind of waiting nearly a Man City's comeback or, you know, you're, you're just giving every spurs. Yeah. This was like the Man United team a few years ago or even City last year and they're already eight points clear. You'd think nearly this league is done and dusted. Yeah, you would. I do think, I think this is their season. Um, it's easy to say that now under eight but um, it's hard to see them messing up so much between now and the end of the season. I know oh, they lose a game and then they play Man City at some stage. Man City beat them all of a sudden they get tight and close. So maybe... You know, jumping ahead of myself. I just think they're strong enough now, their squad is strong enough um, that they'll be able to see it out. They're so confident. Man City seems to be up and down. And like, even Man City are going to Crystal Palace at the weekend. And you'd be like, geez, I don't know if they, if they win that one. So um, it's unusual to be thinking like that. No, I think Liverpool, I think, I do think after winning the Champions League now, and 
I just, I just have a feeling. I'm more confident I'm doing it now than I would have been last year. Um, I'm not thinking they won't win it. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm thinking, yep, I think it's uh, feeling it's done and dusted. They're going to want to win it. Um, obviously, you're not. But I know they uh, might do. It's just more that it's just you know that thing of maybe that it's uh, that I think if it was City or United, everybody would be thinking it is done and dusted. But I know, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be if it was Man City here now. You'd be saying it's all over. If you were a Liverpool fan now, you're probably like shooting your pants already um, because if they don't win it from here, it's like it's just the Mickey taking forevermore. Um, They'll never win it so um, yeah I suppose if you're looking at it from that side of it you'd be a bit more nervous but looking from an independent position like me not a Liverpool fan I just feel like they've won it um, I don't see them not winning it now uh, Before we let you go in terms of that game I know you were saying two or three but we're going to have to press you for an exact score here I'm looking at the odds on Ladbrokes right. what do you think it'll finish? Uh, I will go 3-1 Liverpool with, we talked about United going a penalty maybe a penalty so eleven to one with Labrooks, three one Liverpool. Oh, wow. Not bad that. Odds. Okay. Brilliant. Thanks for thanks a million, Kevin. All right. All right, lads. Cool. Talk to you soon. Brilliant stuff there from Kevin, as always. And Mick, whatever about us solving all of Ireland's problems, at least now you have an explanation as to why we can't take throw ins. Yeah, you'll know and look a few people who've been following me on Twitter, but mainly people around the office and my poor long suffering wife will know that I just can't understand how we're the only team that like I've I've think that Ireland are in many ways the worst team in the world and it's a mad thing to say because we're not results wouldn't back that up but Gibraltar scored two goals against Georgia last night Gibraltar can keep possession they absolutely can look obviously Ireland are better defensively we're better in lots of ways but with the ball and as an as as a as a team that look to try and attack I think we're the worst professional football team in the world and I think the throw thing is absolutely indicative of that the fact that we actually can't keep possession from a throw ever it's also something I noticed independently of you like it sometimes yeah. bothered me before it's like why is it that because usually what happens is like whoever it is a midfielder or whatever is like in a 50-50 challenge for the ball right the ball gets knocked out for the throw in and as you said the person is right there they're there so if it's Hendrick or if it's McLean or if it's Robbie Brady when he was there or whoever it is Howard and then the pullback will come up to take the throw in and they'll just turn around and walk away and it's yeah. like you're actually free and you're a yard away from the person to take the yeah. throw in let's get going we might actually get an attack out of it but lump it up the line did, and it's headed like, flicked off. I just want to explain myself as well because that worst thing the world thing sounds very harsh and it sounds like I'm having a real like you know sitting in front of a microphone having a go with players and stuff like that or even managers it's not it actually goes back to what Kevin's saying there it's like we do organise the things that we need to do we organise them very well we trust that we can do them and we let the rest take care of themselves because they're professional footballers however a team does need organisation and more organisation going forward as well as defensively it can't just just happen on its own and I think Kevin actually put it there better than I ever could but that's why I say that it's not a dig at players or management it's a collective idea that we don't have a plan and if we don't know how to go forward and how to organize an attack or how to have a few plays that we do over the course of the game or get the ball moving quickly go counter-attack go high pressing as kevin's talking about then it's just not going to happen and that's what happens we just sort of just exist just sort of wander through games hoping to get a goal from a corner this is it, yeah. and it's actually ever, quite, we barely on, get the goal from the corner on Saturday especially where I was like kind of thinking people were giving out about this player and that player and I was like it's very hard to actually give out I couldn't really give out about any players because it was clear that it's something that is like we don't actually what are we trying to get here like you know it doesn't look like you know 
get it to this person, get it to the other person, and they're going to create something, or we're going to get it out wide, and then we're going to swing corners in, we're going to lump it long. We've no sort of kind of defined way as exactly as Kevin said, you know, we don't count, we win the ball back and then we don't counterattack quickly. We don't press up high. And if we do press up high, sometimes like we did on Saturday, there was a gap between the forwards trying to press and it, it wasn't all together and there was yeah. too much space in the middle so of the So what park. do we do? Yeah, and then the players will inevitably start giving the ball away because either A, there isn't someone looking for it to give it to or B, they're getting just frustrated in general and this sort of lethargy just sets in in the team and that's all right, then you can criticise them individually for making mistakes and giving the ball away but it's actually a sign of something else is wrong because they are professional footballers I don't know Mick McCarthy the opposite he said not you Mick but the other Mick yeah. said after Switzerland game that it doesn't matter what system he plays it doesn't make the players not be able to pass to each other How come though? How come that happens more with Ireland than it does with any other team? You know, yeah. it must be so, like as I said, it's like yeah, they are professional footballers. And the Stevens, you look at him last night; he doesn't look like the same player who plays for Sheffield United. Yeah. He doesn't. Seamus Coleman, uh, I've, that was the most erratic performance I've ever seen from Seamus Coleman last night. Anyway, look, we can talk about this all day and all night, but I think building up is probably something that we're better off doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This yeah. weekend's game. Look, I have gone with uh, United. I think I think Liverpool are going to win this. We're one, two, three picks to get to in the middle in a minute. I've gone with Liverpool three 0 in this. Uh, the one thing is though, I have this. Got Mark's Waters feeling that it's going to be a nil-all draw. <laughs> yeah. It's because I think basically since Anthony Marshall, Anthony Marshall, welcome to the Premier League! Um, whenever that Martin Tyler, when he lost <laughs> his mind at Martial's goal, despite the fact that Christian Manteca had scored a worldly before that. Um, since that game, it feels to me like every Liverpool United game has ended up nil-nil. Well, yeah. Funnily enough, when... Yeah, I suppose there is that, there is that and that's not exciting. But when... When I was a kid and Liverpool were always winning the league and United were shit and like finishing 12th in the league and maybe getting an FA Cup run and stuff like that. I don't know if the stats bear this out, but my memory is that United always beat Liverpool. And this is actually, can I just, so yeah. if you go onto the Labrick's website, I have it open here for the odds and that, and they give you, there's a stats thing on top of the games, right? So this will show you what the hell I know about football. Um, <laughs> If you look at it, they've got a head-to-head record between the two teams no the top, on the Labrooks website. So, 24th of February, the last game between them, finished nil all. Sorry, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. That, and that could possibly cost Liverpool the league. But then you go 3-1 Liverpool against United uh, in the December fixture. 4-1 Liverpool against United. 2-1 to United. Nil all. That was a, a very boring Mourinho one. one all. Nil all. 1-1. 2-0. 1-0. So only three of the last what's that? What's that? But ten fixtures have actually finished nil all. Mm, that's a lot though from one yeah. fixture. You know, you don't have that many nil all draws. I think I think you're right in saying that. The other thing was like so the last time Liverpool were dominant and United were rubbish. United always used to beat them, and that was like again that was just a sense that I have rather than backed up with stats. I do remember a few particular games that I've definitely seen highlights out of over the years, and you wonder is there is there any if United it's almost if United become Liverpool's bogey team again that's a sure sign that they're in the doldrums for a long time because they're only going to be focused on getting themselves up for the big game. And all. Here's the other thing, though. That team, the kind of early Alex Ferguson team that had, like, you know, Clayton Blackmore and all these boys that were never going to win a league and were struggling week in, week out, they had more about them than this team. Yeah. Maybe not talent-wise, but they had more of a kind of a they could get you on their day if you know you got their act together. This is the narrative with United at the moment, if they get their act together. It's not true, though. This is not a good football team. Morris, you know, will be in a few minutes to talk about GEA or whatever. He'll tell you that they are. He, he's, he'll talk about GEA or whatever. He'll be in to talk about GEA in a few minutes at Club GEA and get us hyped for that. But 
he'll tell you that they're on the cusp and he's watching all their games closely and it's like I think he's living on cloud cuckoo land like they're rubbish there are games now like you're going they to, could like, get a draw this week they absolutely could but they're nowhere in they're not in the same stratosphere as Liverpool I spoke with this a few weeks ago when it was like going into that West Ham game and it was like West Ham have to West Ham are going to win this game they're yeah. at home and they have they, like maybe not individuals I mean single out like Pogba or whoever but as a collective they have better players than United yeah. that start at 11 yeah, definitely absolutely, have. and better players. And then you think, and then you come up to the Newcastle game, and we're sitting in here doing one, two, three, and you picked Newcastle <laughs> to beat them. Now you might have been messing. You might have been messing, but I was sitting here going, "Oh, like, oh, I, I, I can't do it." But uh, we had to do one, two, three. And I said, like, "I'll go one nil United." But I had no, yeah. just because you kind of felt like they had to beat Newcastle, and that's why I wasn't one bit surprised they didn't. This weekend, that it's like we're building up to a big game, and obviously there's always massive interest in it. But at the same time, I wonder is the history. Of between the two clubs, kind of clouding our judgment. It's definitely not for Kevin, and it's not for me. I don't think in terms of that. I think it's going to be that gut feeling. It's maybe the history thing that they need all draw. Yeah. But the, other than that, like Liverpool could win this game by four or five goals. Yeah. The bigger question for me, I absolutely convinced Liverpool are going to win. The bigger question for me is: Are Man City the same team that lost two 0 to Wolves and are on and lost to Norwich? And they kind of are at the stage now where they don't have to win every match this season. But I don't think they can afford not to beat anybody from Crystal pa- from yeah. non last year's top six down. And the I other- think they have to win every single one of those games against the Newcastles, the Crystal Palaces, everybody else from now on, or they have no chance of winning the league. And they're away to Palace, who are really good. Yeah, and I, I want to actually ask Kevin about that, or I wanted to, but I'm just running out of time. But like Palace, I don't think Roy Hodgson gets enough credit. They're just outside the Champions League places. They're currently, they're actually just outside them on a score difference. Yeah. So like, and this is a team that we all thought after the first weekend, oh yeah, Hodgson would be the first player. Like everybody was like, <laughs> if you're going first manager to be sacked, it's Roy Hodgson. Yeah, he'd be gone by Christmas. They have a terrible run of games coming up and this is going to be a disaster. They might lose the next week. I think they do have a, a hard run of fixtures now. But like, to be up in sixth place after eight games, yet again, it's it's incredible. It's, I I like, and I know this is we're going to say it's incredible. How is it incredible? There's only eighth place, but like for Hodgson to keep doing it and mm. not get like he's kind of he's one of those characters that it's just laughed at by people in the general football sphere, but he shouldn't be. So Hodgson is Hodgson is the perfect Crystal Palace or Fulham manager. Okay, um, but also I do think that fifteen years ago, he's like an old man, let's face it. Like fifteen years ago, I think he what would absolutely have been an okay candidate for maybe twenty years ago for Liverpool or for England. It didn't work out with Liverpool. I wonder is there was that a team as big as Liverpool, a team with as many good players, is that generational gap too big these days? Can you have that kind of generational gap anymore unless it's somebody who's coming from the top, top level? So it's yeah. like, you know, you could bring in a Capello or something Heinz. like that, you know, or whatever, who's done everything. But can you bring in somebody who's coming up from kind of Fulham or something? And it's more of an indictment of the players than it is of anything else. But I don't know if Hodgson handled that well then as well when the players kind of didn't respect him and stuff like that. So that was a bad, bad time. Yeah. time. England... I think more mixed than anything else. Obviously, it wasn't great at the end. Uh, but he did he did oversee uh, like if a generational kind of, yeah, switch almost. It's yeah. kind of like the Claudio Ranieri. Well, I brought I was actually the person who bought Robin and Peter Cech with the view to playing four three three at Chelsea before I got the sack and Jose Mourinho come in and the boys arrived and went on to glory. I agree with that. Yeah. So like, should the end of a, like a really bad end with England 
and one job out of a long, long career of success to find him as a manager. I think he's been a fantastic manager, really. Yeah. Like, and as you said, like what he's doing in Palestine was class. Like you know, I still think they're going to lose the city this week, though. Does that bring ultimately? Us into, yeah, to beat them, to beat them last season, and uh, but I don't know if we can see it happen. And also, their next fixtures is Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Yeah. So he could be the next manager. I, 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 I very much remember um, the beating Man City last year, and actually, they cost Man City the league that they would go on to win. Yeah, because <laughs> that was the official. That was the one that was done. Time, it was over. It was like, they'd lost to Newcastle and Crystal Palace back to back, and Liverpool. I think were eight points clear. Whispered, given what's what they are at the yeah. moment, and it was over. There was no way back. You know, um, it was around Christmas last year. You mentioned one, two, three. It is, of course, time to play a weekly game on labbrooks.com. You can play it yourself for absolutely free where you have to correctly predict the score of three of this weekend's matches. If you correctly predict one of them, you get a euro free bet. If you get two right, you get a five euro free bet. And if you get all three, you win 100 euro cash. And Mick, this is the weekend I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, fully I'm feeling pretty confident. That, although I have to say three away wins doesn't... Three away... like. I've already picked these by the way I always do it so that you're not I don't react to your score I've already got my picks in on the Labrooks app and I've got three big away wins and that does make me worry but I'm also really confident about them all <laughs> last week I got Wales and Croatia to be a one-all draw so I was happy enough with that but uh, the first game up is Crystal Palace against Man City what are you going for here? 2-0 to City the, this is actually the one that I'd be most concerned about because I think City will win I think they just just because they have to, I think they'll win. But the clean sheet is what I, I have a feeling that they're just going to go a little bit more conservative because they just need the three points. So they can't go and play in a kind of a blasé, you know, fashion. But I still worry about that back to, you know, those centre backs yeah. keeping a clean sheet. But I'm going to go 2 0. I'm going 3 1. That's why I have, uh, that's why I, I'm sharing your worries. And that's why I have a goal coming in okay. for a. So then, City. yeah, you've got a. Uh, Hearts against Rangers in the early kickoff on Sunday in the Ladbrokes Premiership. So uh, Rangers are on top of the league. Hearts are having a terrible season. They've only won one game, I think, all season. They're ninth. Uh, I think I've underestimated here. I went with 1-0 Rangers because they're away from home. It's historically a big game. I think I may have, over, I may have under-egged the button, if that's a, if that's a phrase. Possibly. I've gone 3-0, which would suggest that I agree that you've under-egged it a little bit. But I, it's hard to know. Glenn Whelan anchoring the Hearts, the Hearts midfield. You know he'll be tired after playing 180 minutes over the last uh, last few last few days. Um, you know, for me, Rangers are looking like they've they might need to still get something off Celtic over the course of the season. Even though Celtic are in a bad run of form at the moment, but they are back top, and they seem to have for the first time since they've come back been in that position where they're just way better than all the other teams they're playing you know yeah. so except for Celtic and that's the first time we've seen this Rangers team to kind of 3-4-0 on a regular basis their last three fixtures in the in the Labrooks Premiership were 5-0 5-0 and 4-0 yeah the only time I've seen them live this year though was against Celtic on the, the day of the All-Ireland Football Final and they were poor uh, they were really poor that day it was a last minute uh, goal from Celtic to go 2-0 but it was, felt like an incredibly comfortable win on the day so I don't know I, 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 do, I do think if Hearts are playing as bad as, as the results would suggest so far I think Rangers will beat them 3-0 United against Liverpool Liverpool 3-0 for me Liverpool 3-0 for me too I, had a, oh. that's why I, I knew we clashed on that so I just said I wanted it in as, as an unbreakable vow like countdown we have to show your work at the end of the at the end of the numbers round exactly, yes I also yeah. had this however 
Susie Dent is not here. When Kevin said 3-1, I went, hmm. And then you said 11-1, to I went, hmm. (laughs) So I'm kind of liking his one a little bit more, but I'm in 3-0 for the 1-2-3. Yeah, and my picks are locked in 1-2-3 as well. You can play yourself, get on to labrooks.com right now, and you could win yourself 100 euro cash. But let's get hyped, Mick. It's time to get hyped, and Maurice Brosnan is coming in to talk about this weekend's GAA action. 